Hey everybody, it's Billy Dean here saying blast off to the music universe. This episode of the Music Universe podcast is sponsored by Aroma Retail. Both Buddy and I own and love their machines. I use their travel size diffuser and it fills my whole apartment. And Matt, their home unit can get your whole house smelling refreshed. And if you have a lot of pets like I do, you definitely need it. With some of your favorite fragrances from resort destinations around the world, there is definitely something for everyone. Yeah, they have 90 fragrances available for diffusing as room and linen sprays. I know you might like that because the the dogs and cats jump on the beds. Uh, There's candles and even wax melters. Those are fun. Head over to aromaretail.com and use code MUSICUNI10 for 10% off your order. And that is 1-0 on that 10. MUSICUNI10. Scent your space with Aroma Retail. No, Matt, it's a 90s country throwback with Billy Dean. Uh, super cool to finally chat with him. Uh, really excited about that. Spent a good 20 plus minutes with him. And, uh, you know, his new album, uh, The Rest of Mine, is coming out in July. It's uh, July 22nd to be exact. And it's his first country album in a decade. So it's a really cool, uh, vibey thing. I've heard the first two songs at the time of the recording they were released. And, uh, you know, the, the new single actually is uh, the title track, and it's with a gentleman you might remember, uh, Paul Overstreet. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the other song is the kickoff song, Saltwater Cowboy. Very, very 90s country there. And uh, we, we get into quite a bit there, and uh, I'm excited that Billy joined me. I can't wait to listen to it. He was such a, a fun person to talk to. Very tall. Very tall. I don't know if you'll be able to tell this on the interview, but the man is. When I go places, yeah. usually here in DC or if it's a road trip, I have Isaac with me, and Isaac is about six three, and he towered over Isaac. Okay. He's wow. Huge man. So, but also the nicest person. When oh, yeah. when I talked to him in Huntsville, it was about, of course, Lee Greenwood, and I told him about the Jim Stafford Theater. Hadn't won the marquee just yet. Uh, for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, just search Jim Stafford on the musicuniverse.com. You'll find it. Uh, but told him what our plans were. He had performed at the Jim Stafford Theater in Branson. So uh, it was really cool. When I got to talk to him, I'm glad you got to talk to him for a little bit longer. We'll tell you why I couldn't join on this interview uh, after the interview. So stay tuned. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the, the 30th anniversary of his number one, Somewhere in My Broken Heart, is... Uh, featured on here as a re-recording with the symphony orchestra so we get into that a little bit we we just talk about everything and uh, of course the tour he's he's on with shenandoah and wade hayes called the country comeback tour they just performed at cma fest we'll get to that in a bit too but you get to hear all about that and more coming up right now with billy dean on the music universe podcast billy dean welcome to the music universe podcast how are you Man, I'm doing great. Uh, excited to have a, a fun summer uh, with new music, new new touring going on. So it's great to be back out there playing for real people again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know the the pandemic made everybody just kind of crave live music and not in the uh, virtual way, but actually the live way. Really, it really did. You, you never know what you miss until it's gone, right? That's the old yeah. saying. 
Yeah, and uh, I had the pleasure of having a couple of the songs off the new album. Uh, the rest is mine, sent to me early, and oh my gosh, such wonderful throwback 90s music, even a Jimmy Buffett vibe going on the title track. Tell us about the new music. <clears throat> you know, I was um, I was doing a show down in Key West, Florida. I'm originally from Florida, and I just recently moved back, well, I say recently, four years ago, I moved back to, to Florida. And I had been doing a lot of uh, private work, you know, concerts in, in the state of Florida. And I, I was doing a, a show with Paul Overstreet, who is a, a guy I was a fan of. He's a Hall of Fame songwriter, recording artist. And um, I had driven down to the Keys for this particular show. And I just noticed so many people, you know, in their 50s, I guess, you know, enjoying their life and uh, and looked like they were empty nesters. And and uh, so I, I, I kind of related to that. And I, I told Paul on, on my drive back, I said, man, I want to write a song for the empty nester. You know, the, the folks that feel, you know, like they're they're either retired or they're on the cusp of retiring and they're just taking back some of their life, taking back some of their time and money and uh so he just sent me back a whole verse uh, and chorus. Uh, the rest, I know he sent me a chorus, and 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 yeah, and a verse. And so anyway, I pulled over immediately and uh, started working on a second verse, and we uh, ended up finishing the song on my drive back to uh, back up to Nashville because I was going up to a studio to do some recording, and I said, "Just meet me at the studio, man. We'll just we'll just go ahead and throw it down, you know, and record it." So we wrote it just, you know, while <clears throat> not even face to face, but, you know, Paul's got this sense of humor that I wanted. I wanted to do an album that was just coming out of COVID fun, light, easy, you know, tropical, and uh, just kind of captured the mood of all of us coming out of this uh, quarantine thing. Yeah. I was going to describe it as fun because just saltwater cowboy, <laughs> uh, I, I listened to that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's such a '90s throwback. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's I love it. I love it. Tell us about the inspiration behind that song. And those are the only two I've heard so far. Yeah, the um, uh, saltwater. You know, there's there's several songs people had. Uh, you know, written called Saltwater Cowboy. Kenny Chesney, I think, had one on his album, and Paul had written. Uh, you know, songs about saltwater cowboy, but I literally had a had a, a farm up in Tennessee, and uh, you know, and I had a little some cows, and I you know had some horses, and was doing a little ranching, you know, up there as a hobby, and um, and I thought, man, you know, as much as I love this, is is fun. I, I'm really a Gulf Coast. Yeah, I'm a cowboy, but I'm more of a saltwater cowboy, you know, and uh, <laughs> so literally is kind of like my story. I traded my horse, my saddle for a boat and paddle, man, and I moved back to North Florida <laughs> and uh, having a lot of fun here in the Apalachicola area, which is uh, where I live now. Yeah, uh, it's just uh, crazy with, you know, things life brings you, you know, you, you kind of have this and you're like, I want to go back to my roots. So that's kind of what you've done there. Yeah. You know, uh, the nineties country music, you know, you usually had a, like a guitar riff of some kind, which in Saltwater Cowboy started with that, that little, you know, guitar riff. Yeah. And that was another thing I wanted to do was, uh, I wanted to, you know, 
play more on my albums and 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 have everything kind of start acoustically on acoustic guitar because I, I love to play and um so it has a little bit of a story a little bit of sense of humor uh and the music is is kind of a throwback to the 90s which has really uh, been becoming popular again uh, that i'm finding mm -hmm. oh very much so i mean uh, i credit a lot of that for luke combs keeping that kind of vibe going yes you're you're right you're right these guys like uh him morgan wallen these guys are are they're uh, fans of you know they kind of preserve the past and they promote the future which i really like which is when i got to nashville i was the same way i was 22 years old big fan of haggard and and Waylon and you know dolly and uh, you know the, the, that generation and so i've done my homework and uh then you kind of take that style and your own music that you listen to at that age and you kind of create a little jumbo stew of your own style you know yeah yeah and you've got a bonus track on this it's a re-recording of somewhere in my broken heart tell us what inspired that because it's the 30th anniversary yep uh in 1992 somewhere in my broken heart uh, a song i wrote with the hall of fame now hall of fame songwriter uh, richard lee uh, became a first number one song, and it won the Academy of Country Music Song of the Year. Got nominated for a Grammy. It just a, a song that changed my whole life and the course of my career. And uh, somebody just asked me, he said, do you have any uh, anniversaries coming up? And I thought, no, 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 wedding anniversary's gone. No, like in the music business. It's like, I don't know. I, 1992, we won a bunch of awards. And it's, well, you know, this is 30, it's 30 years since 1992. And I realized, wow, that was a, a, a very important year for me and for Somewhere in My Broken Heart. So we did a, a re-recording of it and we used uh, strings and, and uh, some orchestra. We brought some orchestra people in to record it because I always thought it was a, a very dramatic melody and could be enhanced by strings. In fact, I always thought it should be I always thought it should have been a female song. In fact, uh, Lauren Dusky on the on the voice, with, uh, Blake Shelton had her do it on the voice. And when I heard that, I went, wow, that's where I really envisioned that song. But 30 year anniversary, we thought we'd give the consumer a little something extra. They couldn't find anywhere else. So we added it on as a little bonus track, even though the 10 songs are, you know, more like, you know, tropical, we thought this would be a good little bonus. Oh, yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing that, too. I mean, the whole album, but that one, my, my all-time favorite, uh, well, I have too many Billy Dean songs, but uh, <laughs> Billy the Kid, I just remember uh, getting into country music around 91, uh, yeah. an aunt, uh, I have an aunt that got me into that, and um, she said that you are her country hunk, and Rick Springfield is her rock hunk. <laughs> 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 and wow. uh, she took me twice to see you once you opened for reba uh, yep. in 90, 96 and then uh, i saw you um from st louis i saw you at the town and country fair but it got rained out middle of your set and oh. i was so disappointed because i didn't get yeah, to see perform the whole set but uh, your keyboard player at the time doc signed a yeah. cd yeah. Oh, Doc. Yep. Uh, I'm actually reunited with my drummer and guitar player on a few shows. Uh, and going back, and it's really great to hear these songs from the 90s uh, played with a band and played like a record, you know. Uh, that's been, uh, I've done a few shows with a little package that we're working on. Uh, 
the comeback tour, the country comeback tour, 90 minutes of 90s country with Shenandoah and Wade Hayes. And the band Shenandoah plays my hits uh, for me, with me while I'm out on stage. And it really, uh, really is, is cool. You know, the old music holds up even to today. I, I, I never get tired. There's no, no, none of the songs I get tired of singing, really. No, I mean, a lot of those songs, I mean, they, they just sound as fresh today as they did when they were released and can't believe they're 30, some of them more than 30 years old. And tell us about the tour. How, how did uh, that come about with Wade and uh, Shenandoah? Because that's a great lineup there with you guys. I, I, it really is. You know, we actually uh, interact. Uh, we, we play uh, some songs together. Uh, my agent actually... Uh, we have a, a wonderful agency, uh, Wasserman Agency, and they um, they represent people like uh, Old Dominion, who are good, good buddies of mine, Winona Judd, uh, Shenandoah, and and so they were um, really interested in putting together you know this '90s package because uh, the Roots and Boots tour was out there, Sammy Kershaw and Aaron Tippin, some of those guys, Colin Ray. And uh, it just seems like it's better to team up. You can, it, it's uh, cost effective. I think the consumer gets, uh, you know, bonus. Uh, they get a little, you know, you get Shenandoah's biggest hits, my biggest hits, Wade's biggest hits, you get a little interaction together. And, and you know, the job, the job there is to make everybody feel like you did when you heard those songs back in the 90s. Oh yeah, and not not a better lineup right there. I mean, that's awesome. Are you guys expanding that for the summer? We are. We're we we just started. Uh, the concept was put together about February of this year, and we started the marketing and packaging uh, rehearsals and everything. And so we'll do, I think we'll do about ten shows this year, but we're looking at twenty twenty three having a a full calendar year, 60 plus shows, uh, going in the next couple of years. Um, and it's really, you know, it's really, uh, it's, it's really fun to see a young group of people, you know, the 35, 25 to 35 year olds, uh, uh coming to the show, their moms and dads, you know, mm. played the nineties music. And it's, I'm shocked really. I'm, 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 you know, to see the, uh, a younger generation, you know, really becoming uh, a fan of that music. And, you know, everybody has a, their opinions on why that is. But, you know, we uh, we try to be authentic as much as possible with real musicians, real stories and that sort of thing. But regardless of, of the reason why, I'm glad it's happening and it makes it a lot of fun to play to that generation. Oh yeah, and sixty dates. I mean, that's a that's a big tour these days. I know in the nineties, like one hundred and forty dates was big. But sixty. <laughs> it's pretty much every weekend, no doubt. Yeah, and is that going to be your biggest tour in a while? It, it really will because, um, you know, I'm I'm a big fan of uh, the Troubadour, the the solo singer songwriter. You know, the James Taylors of the world. You know the Dan Fogelbergs, these guys were my generation of kind of singer-songwriters. And I've been doing a lot of that, small, intimate uh, music experiences, both private and public, but more small venues, three to 500 seat intimate settings. And uh, But this tour is going into the bread and butter of country music. Uh, you know, uh, I guess the country music demographic is 
casinos and, and big state fairs and those big festivals. Um, and it's great to be able to go in with a, a production, a three act production uh, that will, you know, that will uh, accommodate those types of venues and make it for a really fun and exciting show. Uh, the other stuff that I've been doing for several years has been more intimate, more uh, listening, singer songwriter kind of, uh, you know, up close storytelling. But this is this is re really kind of reliving the party uh, uh, that we all went through in the nineties, you know. Oh yeah, and it was one big party. That <laughs> it was. One. <laughs> I I lived to tell about it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And a, a question I've always had for artists that do not live in nashville or no longer live in nashville what's it like working there but not living there well it you know that's kind of the reason i moved back to florida um you know you find yourself uh living in nashville you feel like once you get to the front of the line because it is a big long line of talent that's waiting to get to the top of the list when you get to the top of the list and you get your record deal and you have some success, you're really afraid to, 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 you know, out of sight, out of mind, you're, you're afraid to give up that spot. Then you suddenly you realize that, especially now you can make really good records right at home. In fact, I'm sitting in front of my, my pro tools screen right now. Um, and a lot of the reason that we lived in Nashville was the incredible musicians, the incredible facilities and the engineers, the talent and the executive talent record labels. But now it's, you know, with social media empowering individuals and, and independent artists, having the technology to make really good quality music at, in, in a room at your house. Uh, you don't really find the need to live in Nashville that much. Now, it's a great collaboration town, and it still houses the, the best songwriters, I think, in the world. And there's something to be said for, for being in Nashville and running into those guys and networking and, and, and learning their trade. You know, why, why is Paul Street a Hall of Fame songwriter? That was what made me want to write with him, kind of set me on this path to work with some of these Hall of Fame guys to find out what their you know what their mojo is yeah i lived there uh for two years uh about a decade ago and i, I just i want to go i'm in bakersfield california right now and i i want to move back it's just such a more of a homely feel and it's competitive but everybody is there to help each other if you let them like as long as everybody has a good head on their shoulders and not arrogant everybody's like oh i know this guy i know this guy and you just make your way to the top that way a lot of times it, it, you're, it's very true it's uh you know people do network and help each other my class i always call my my freshman class when uh i was singing demos and writing songs hadn't had a record deal yet but everybody that was trying and doing the same thing i was doing and was you know alan jackson trisha yearwood you know laurie white uh, T. Graham Brown, uh, you know, uh, Joe Diffie, uh, Tracy Lawrence, those guys were uh, kind of, you know, trying to make it. We were all trying to make it at the same time. And, you know, once one guy gets a record deal and gets a tour, he goes, man, I, I want to get my old buddy Billy on the tour, you know, or same thing. Hey, I want to get my buddy Joe Diffie. I want us to do a few shows together. Uh, so it's a it's a really tight knit uh 
club, you know, to be in. And, and in that club, you, you learn, it's really a trade that's handed down. You know, it's not really something you can learn, you know, in a, in a college or whatever. It's, it's kind of like street smarts. You, you learn what makes, what, what, what the, you know, what people want to hear when you listen to what they're playing in the clubs, what people are reacting to in Nashville with the best musicians. Uh, and it gives you a chance to kind of, oh, well, this is where it's going. This is where it's headed. We better start writing like that. Yeah, yeah, you you said it. I mean, just you named a bunch of just, they're now, everybody's a legend now from that that time yeah. period. I mean, it's it's hard to hard to imagine that, you know, when it, all that music was coming out and it's just the same type of sound, but everybody had their unique approach to it and you know would you say now that it's likely harder to make it than it was then considering the landscape i think um i think it probably is uh it takes a um it takes if you have an yet first of all the independent artist has a way to market themselves now with the internet Mm -hmm. but what you find is you find, hey, wait a minute. I didn't get in this business to be a marketing genius. I'm, I'm a musician and a songwriter. You know, you can't, it's hard to do it all. You know, you got to write the music, record the music, then you got to market it and do it all on your own. When are you going to tour, you know, and all of that. Um, it, I, I think it's harder. I think, uh, I think, I think though, if you learn to be really, you know, savvy with, uh, with the social media and you come up with the right three minutes that reacts. Um, and the next thing you know, you got millions of followers and you can sell a thousand tickets. You also find if you can reach that, you also find you get to keep a big line share of the money. Whereas a large line share of that money, uh, originally would have been going to the machine that, help you become, you know, successful. So um, you can be very successful. It takes a lot longer for the money to get come around. Uh, You can make it on your own and keep the lion's share of the money, but it could take a lot longer for that to happen. Yeah, I think TikTok um, has just blown up for this huge signee thing because uh, when uh, Matt was in uh, CMA Fest, he uh, interviewed a guy named uh, Thomas Mack and he asked him if he signed, he goes, no, I own all of my stuff. I want to be able to have that control and when to put something out. And you hear every once in a while, you know, that artists and labels sometimes get into it with each other over what to put out, but ultimately yeah. the fans decide. Yeah. You know, there's definitely a learning curve. Uh, I think most artists, I think it's very important for them to learn what what radio needs and what, what they're up against and their, what their challenges are to keep their market and their market share and to keep the people happy in their community that are listening to country music. What do their fans want, you know? Mm-hmm. And you get a, a lot of times you can have a headstrong artist that goes, hey, I'm doing my thing. This is what I do. And if it happens, great. If it doesn't, great. But there is an art form in itself to learning how to uh, write and sing commercial music that the majority of people, a vast majority would like and would support you. And you get a lot of that information back from radio. Like radio will say, 
hey man, we're not playing any more songs with a dirt road and a truck in it, you know? And you, you know, so wow, that's a that's a good tip. Well, I've got five over here. I thought that's what everybody wanted, but we're not <laughs> we're not gonna use those. So, you know, uh, or you know, like, hey man, there's too many. Uh, there's, there's too many ballads, you know, where, you know, radio stations, uh, you know, they have to have a good balance of, of airplay. So it's, it's good. To, it's a, to me, it's important for you to learn that side of the business. And it is not to say that you have to aim or you know, aim for it and still do your own thing. But, you know, maybe you don't write two verses and then a chorus. Maybe it's one verse and a chorus. Maybe you got to get people's attention quick when they're listening to the radio. And that's an art form in itself. I love social media because you can do more long form with video and storytelling and YouTube. But let's face it, man, people's attention span is short, short. It's like we say in Nashville, don't bore us, get to the course. <laughs> that's a great time. Uh, and uh, maybe maybe appear in a song at some point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now the, the, the rest of mine is uh, the, the first single entitled track with Paul Overstreet. Like we discussed video just came out and it's being shipped to country radio. Correct. Uh, the video is it's it actually debuted today on cmt.com. Uh, you can go to uh, cmt.com and we're a uh, nice little interview there and the video, which we shot down in Key West. And it's a, it's a fun video. It's kind of, a, you know, the little sense of humor, fun, uh, typical Paul Overstreet sense of humor. But it really does. It's, you know, all these all these parents that that have, you know, they finally get to where they're, you know, they're, they're ready. They're, they're empty nesters are ready. To, they bought the RV. They're ready to hit the road. And then they got a kid that goes, you know, goes off the, off the, you know, swerves off the road a little bit, you know, as far as the straight and narrow, and they have to take them back inside or they have to raise a grandkid or, you know, it's like, God, I thought we were done with all of that, you know? All right. And you finally get to that place where, look, this is our life. You kids, time for y'all to grow up, do your thing. Because mom and dad are, are the rest of it's mine. The rest of it's ours, you know, go yeah. find yours. And um, I just think it's a, there's a lot of people out there that, you know, can identify. I know I, I'm proud of my kids uh, so far, knock on wood, they have not had to boomerang back, uh, which is great. They may, and I'll be right there when they do. But in the meantime, the rest of it's mine. <laughs> Absolutely. Great, great country music. Great uh great songs there um before we let you go anything else you would like to share with us that maybe we didn't touch on um well no i guess uh i guess not i uh, the album uh, july i think it drops july 22nd you can pre-order it right now on apple music or amazon.com you can you can pre-order it. you can go to billydean.com uh and do the same and i just appreciate man i appreciate you being a fan of the 90s and uh you know where will we be without you guys man i mean we, nobody would know we were even out there so thank you for the coverage join us on spotify follow us on spotify we'd love to have that as well can't wait for this to uh to hit the airwaves so thank you oh absolutely pleasure's all mine and i'm definitely going to uh try to catch one of those shows if uh depending on where where i am if i'm still here hopefully you guys will hit the west coast if not 
Maybe come to the Crystal Palace. You're out in Buck Owens country, aren't you? Yeah. Uh, I, I used to uh, – they haven't had shows there in a while that I've attended, but I've seen like Carly Pierce there, uh, Tracy Bird. I've seen several shows there. It's great. Have you yeah. played there before? I have. Just w- once or twice, I think. Um, I haven't played in a long time. And we sold – most of the majority of our music was sold on the West Coast, California. Um, you know, I was a big Haggard fan. I was probably influenced more by the West Coast than anything else. So uh, I miss playing out there. I do a lot of stuff up the Napa, up in the wine country. But need to get down to the mainstream there, uh, part of California, where the country music fans are. Need to get there. Oh yeah, they're they're big around here. I mean, uh, they just had Chris Jansen, and I believe like Cole Swindell. Some people play like this park at the fairgrounds, yeah. and it's yeah. just from my understanding, it was packed. That's oh, that's good news, man. That's real good news. So yeah. maybe we'll make it out there and see you in person. Oh, that'd be awesome. Love to meet in, say hi, and finally shake hands with people again, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. It'd be all fine with me. Awesome. Well, Billy, appreciate your time. So I happened to catch the tail end of the Country Comeback Tour at CMA Fest. Mm-hmm. Um, it was so bright out, and I had lost my sunglasses for a little bit, that <laughs> I knew it was the gentleman from Shenandoah, Uh, But I couldn't make out that Wade and Billy were actually backing him up. And I assume they had traded off lead vocals to do their own songs uh, during their half hour set. I was coming over to see Jamie O'Neill. So that's really cool. I couldn't join you for this interview because I was doing another 90s country thing, which you can find on our Facebook or in our live CMA Fest article. We put it there. CMA has... uh, excuse me, the Grand Ole Opry has uh, Opry Loves the 90s, which is an exhibit in their little museum there over at the Acuff House, which is right next to the gift shop, right in front of the gift shop at uh, the Grand Ole Opry. And I'd never been there before. And it it was really, really cool. We have that as a standalone video. Buddy, I don't know if you'll want to plop that in here and we can toss to it. So you can take a look, but it's been up for about a month. So just uh, we'll link to it. You can go find it. So uh, before we let you go, buddy, I have to tell you, uh, I have someone here who wants to say hi. Okay, who? My little studio mascot. Now, why? Oh, okay, back to Billy. The album, it's called The Rest of Mine, and it's out July 22nd. And you're going to have to pick that up. It's going to be available on CD and digitally. And, uh, you know, the video, The Rest of Mine, features Paul Overstreet as well. That's out, as you heard Billy say. And, uh, yeah, the, the 90s country thing, that, that's cool. That's here. This is the Music Universe podcast. Oh, no, Thanks wait, wait, wait. I did, I did have a reason for, for bringing oh, up Barney. I thought um, you were being just crazy, like usual. No, I, I have why, a reason. Why is Barney in here? So as most of you know, I work with Carrie Stinson, who uh, was inside the suit of this little purple dinosaur for about 22 oh, years. Um, and uh, I do his podcast, Purple Roads. We co-host a, a, a special features extras show for his Patreon. And he was telling me the other day that someone we interviewed, speaking of Nashville and all that stuff, somebody we interviewed the other day, uh, or the other month, you and I, Jenna Paulette uh, at, on the CMT red carpet. Remember, she had the brown yeah. 
jacket with the cowboy head. Very Yellowstone-ish. She, yes, she has been a family friend to the Stinsons for many, many years and Carrie knows and loves her parents. And so I wanted to say, you know, it's, it's kind of a, a neat little full circle moment, but this guy lives uh, in the studio off camera, of course, usually. Uh, but I wanted to bring that up and mention that because it's just, it's so neat how everything can kind of tie together on the, the various things both you and I do separate of the music universe. So I wanted to mention that. Well, I don't do anything separate of the music universe. Well, <laughs> our personal lives. It feels like it. It feels like I don't do anything separate of the music universe too. Well, time. hey, you, you bring all this stuff on yourself. You enjoy <laughs> I do. I, I, I do. I brought the Nashville trip onto myself. My gosh, in in Nashville, it was so much fun. But at the end of the day, I'd get back to my hotel and my undershirt and my I wore these polos every day. I had five with me. Don't think I was wearing the same shirt. I had five with me to wear every day. And uh, and by the end of each day, they were just soaked through. And in fact, I took out the laundry. I and wash the undershirts and one was just even more wet than when I took it off. Like everything had <laughs> pulled together. It was, it was just, it, it was long, hot, sweaty, blood, sweat, the epitome of blood, sweat and tears, but we had a lot of fun. So like I said, our no Opry loves the nineties uh, featurette is little, you know, probably two minute video is yeah. there in it's the circling. Social Best. media as well, so and circling us. social media. So follow now you can Instagram. end this episode. I, I'm sorry I couldn't join Billy Bean with you, but it seems like you guys had a fantastic conversation. Yeah, you know, sometimes the best interviews are just one on one, right? Yep. <laughs> I, you know, I know that was a dig, but we both do one on one <laughs> interviews. Uh, you know, uh, there's a, a pretty big star that I almost interviewed one-on-one -on -one myself and will probably only do one-on-one -on -one because of, of who he is. And, and you'll, you'll see that eventually. We're not there yet. So we'll, yeah. we're, we're hoping to, um, we're hoping to, to tandem double team it, but it may be better one-on-one. -on -one. I don't know, Barney, no. what do you think? Do you think I should just interview the, the guest we're teasing one-on-one? -on -one? Are you going to end this or not? For the Music Universe uh, podcast, he's Barney. I'm Matt. And I'm Buddy. <laughs> Thanks for listening and watching. And be sure to hit that like, subscribe, and share button. You can stop, Matt. And follow <laughs> us at themusicuniverse.com and obviously tmupod.com for the latest episodes. Take care. This episode of the Music Universe podcast is sponsored by Aroma Retail. Both Buddy and I own and love their machines. I use their travel size diffuser and it fills my whole apartment. And Matt, their home unit can get your whole house smelling refreshed. And if you have a lot of pets like I do, you definitely need it. With some of your favorite fragrances from resort destinations around the world, there is definitely something for everyone. Yeah, they have 90 fragrances available for diffusing as room and linen sprays. I know you might like that because the, the dogs and cats jump on the beds. Uh, there's candles and even wax melters. Those are fun. Head over to aromaretail.com and use code MUSICUNI10 for 10% off your order. And that is 1-0 on that 10. MUSICUNI10. Scent your space with Aroma Retail. Uh -huh.